The Cincinnati Reds have traded Luis Castillo to the Seattle Mariners for four prospects and in doing so have done something that they've never done before in the Castellini ownership era. Jeff and I will discuss that and break down the blockbuster deal next on this emergency weekend edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We've been lifelong fans that have been podcasting about this team for going on four years separately, eight years total, and we have turned an addiction for the Reds into information for you here on the Locked On Reds podcast that is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. And today we have an emergency podcast for you because the Reds once again decided to make a late night trade. And Steve, I don't know if uh, the Castellini's told Nick Crawl he's got to work the night shift or what, but it's two days in a row now that they've made a night trade. And my goodness, do I love this trade. Oh, Jeff, this is a big deal. And I want to dive right into what a lot of the reaction has been. Listen, I understand that there are people that are upset. I am not happy to see Luis Castillo dealt to another team. But the simple, sad fact of the matter is he was never going to be extended and with that in mind, the Reds have done something that they have never done in the Castellini era, Jeff. That is, they have traded a wildly popular player that they knew was going to cause a little bit of backlash. They traded him anyway, and they did it at the height of his value. They traded a guy when his value was at its highest they have never done that before and i really think it solidifies that they meant what they said when they looked in a camera and said we're going to do things differently we're going to try and follow the model that others have established like tampa and we're going to bring in tons of prospects and we are going to field a competitive team using a youth movement of prospects and i love that because what have we always said about the Reds leadership for the last decade, they don't stick to their plan. They don't pick mm -hmm. a plan and stick to it. They want to compete. Then they don't, they want to rebuild. Then they don't, they want to sell. Then they buy, they want to, you know, they, they just never seem to have a plan or a path. And it looks like now they have that plan. And let me tell you what I love this deal. The guys that they got back, they got, and, and according to Mark Sheldon, he tweeted that out according to MLB pipeline, Noel V. Marte is going to be the Reds' number one prospect. We're, we're not talking about some guys that have high upside and they, they might pan out. We're talking about some bona fide dudes between him and Edwin Arroyo. It's going to be interesting to see Arroyo in a uh, jersey again. Um, I love it. Number 61 is not retired, so maybe he just gets number 61 and then, you know, my jersey it can be recycled, um, but um, he's going to probably be the Reds number three prospect. And then you've got the easiest dude in the world to come to the city of Cincinnati. When you're talking about the craft, uh, you know, one of the craft beer capitals of our country, Levi stout that, that I'm looking forward to that. And Andrew Moore, Listen, I mean, two pitchers. His, I love it. 
I love it. If Stout cell phone is not being blown up right now <laughs> by every brewery in Cincinnati looking to, to ink a deal, uh, yeah. people are asleep at the wheel. Fretboard, get on it. Like, come on. This is a layup. I mean, dude's on third. They're waving them in. This is easy money. But no, like when you're talking about the profiles of these guys, I'm excited to see them. You know, Jeff, there there's a lot of talent packed into this deal. And, and listen, I know young prospects, they're not all going to pan out. But Nick Craw, he handled this exactly right. As a matter of fact, he handled it to perfection. And all of the national media outlets are saying that not only did Nick Craw do a good job, that he fleeced the Mariners a little bit. Mariners yeah. fans are upset. The national writers are saying Nick Crawl did good. The Reds are getting back a ton of, of prospect talent that will help this team moving forward. Uh, I love it, Jeff. I don't know how to act. It's never happened before, but let's start with what, who I think is the marquee piece of this deal, and that's Marte. Uh, listen, you're, you're absolutely right. Is he going to be the number one prospect? I think so. I'll tell you a couple things I think right now. Jose Barrero is not going to play shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. Marte is not that far away. You look at it, you say, well, he's at high A right now. It is not a stretch of the imagination to think that he could be the opening day shortstop next year, 2023. Yep. Yeah, he's definitely got the talent to do it. He's got the bat. I mean, he's absolutely crushing high A. He's got a 133 weighted runs created plus. And by the way, got our notes from our friends over at uh, Reds Content Plus. Shout out to Steve and, and uh, Matt over there because they do an amazing job. But looking at some of these numbers are just fantastic. And when you talk about stats and high A, you don't want to go too granular because you know it's not as if they're going to translate one-to-one. -one. But the thing with him, is he's got amazing power and the top end exit velocity when he puts the bat on the ball. And we're not talking about a dude that it's like, if he puts the bat on the ball, he puts the bat on the ball a lot and he's going to crush it. We're talking about a middle of the order type guy. This is so awesome. Listen, he has 15 jacks right now at high A. And here's the exciting thing. When he gets on base, he is dangerous. He stole 24 bases in 107 games in 2021. This guy's got wheels. He's got power. He's got the tools. And I don't think he is, you know, we talk about getting prospects back and it's not sexy and it's not major league ready. This guy's close. I am telling you, this is an exciting ball player and it really changes a lot with what the Reds can do moving forward when you're talking about not only Marte, but the impacts it has and the flexibility it gives them for guys like Matt McClain and guys like Ellie De La Cruz and, and players that you can now start to think about, well, maybe they don't necessarily all have to be continuing to work at shortstop. We can start addressing other needs. And it falls in line with what Nick Crawl said. He wants athletes. He wants to build from the middle of the field out. And I've loved that quote. And he is following that quote to a T because you look at the next guy on this list and Edwin Arroyo, why he's not necessarily as close to the major leagues as Noel V. Marte. He's 18 years old and he was the Mariners second best prospect like that in and of itself. Just, Ooh, yeah, baby, let's go. I, I love me some switch hitters, Jeff, and Arroyo is a switch hitter. Uh, he's already playing. He's already playing in a ball. He's at low A. He's not at high A. So that means he's probably um, a season more removed from a guy like Marte. But again, tons and tons of talent. He's got some speed. He he's another base dealer. He stole twenty uh, twenty one. 
21 steals in 87 games. These guys, yeah. this is, this is going to change the way the Reds play baseball. They're bringing in all of this athletic, fast talent. Uh, you know, we've talked before, Jeff, about the art of the stolen base being gone and things like the hit and run and, and old school baseball, you know, may, may not be around as much, but when you bring in athletes like this, it gives you so much flexibility and so much ability to do things to disrupt a pitcher. And I think that that's what the Reds have been lacking all, uh, for a considerable amount of time now. And they're going to be able to bring in guys that can disrupt. And I am so excited. Uh, I, I'm concerned about the fandom and I understand why there's so much down. There's so much upset and I'm not happy. Luis is gone, but this is the best possible outcome that you could have hoped for, for the Cincinnati Reds. Understanding they were never going to extend Luis Castillo. This is, this is a great deal for the Reds. It really is. And then also looking at, I mean, those two guys alone are going to change how the lineup develops over the next couple of years. But then you look at the pitchers. It's interesting to note because our guys over at Locked On Mariners were reporting about this uh, really back when the first trade with the Mariners happened that said Winker and Suarez over there is that Levi Stout was one of the guys that were on the list of the players to be named later. He possibly could have been instead of Connor Phillips. So instead, the Reds actually get both the guys that they wanted. They wanted Connor Phillips. They wanted Levi Stout. Here he comes. He's 24 years old. He might, I, they might pull him up immediately. Like I, I'm not sure as to where his readiness is. He was in double a when they traded for him, but he could be a dude that we get some time at least uh, maybe in a month or two. He could be. Now the thing that gives me pause on him is that he, he's a Tommy John guy. He, he has had the Tommy John surgery. Uh, it delayed his development and delayed his work with that being said, I don't know that I would do what you're suggesting, which is possibly rush him to the majors and especially in this lost season. Uh, Now I have advocated for the young guys to get opportunities and be able to develop and move ahead. This one, I would be a little bit cautious with, you know, a young pitcher's arm coming off uh, a Tommy John, allow him to, to pace himself, get comfortable, learn what his expectations are from Derek Johnson and the coaching staff that direct these pitchers. And then you look to him maybe next season, uh, give him a spring training invite, see what he's got. Maybe he makes the roster out of spring training. Maybe he goes to triple a, but you know, don't overtax that arm is what I'm saying. Let's, let's bring him along a little bit slower because he does have that injury history. Yeah, and and that's right, too. I mean, when you don't start till 2021, probably I'm a little bit ahead of myself there. And speaking of 2021, Andrew Moore, the fourth guy that the Reds got back. And again, this is four guys for Luis Castillo. The Reds didn't put a sweetener in there. Yeah, four guys for Luis Castillo. They didn't put somebody else in there to get the fourth guy. They didn't say, okay, we'll tack on somebody else so that you can add another prospect. The Mariners knew what they were paying, and, and they were ready for it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Mariners can do, but the guys that they sent back are just so exciting. And Andrew Moore, it's interesting because the notes on him say that he's strictly a relief pitcher. And when people hear that, they immediately think that the Reds might as well just have traded for a bucket of balls. But I think that that's a good thing because you're talking about the Reds bullpen that has been terrible. And maybe this dude can slot in right next to Alexis Diaz as the bullpen grows along. 
you know, I think as this game evolves and hitters have different approaches, pitchers have different approaches, starting pitchers are no longer seven and eight inning guys. We've talked about number of pitches versus number of innings. I think the next thing to go will be that stigma that a guy that strictly a relief pitcher has to deal with. Uh, you know, in the past when he said that, well, that clearly means he doesn't have the talent to be a starter and he's a second class citizen. Well, that's no longer the case. If you have a shutdown reliever and you can identify that guy early and he can develop his craft and you can continue to run him out there and, and shut dudes down, that's valuable. And so good. I'm glad they've already identified that we don't have to screw around with trying to figure out if he can throw six innings or not. Let's, let's develop his two best pitches and go out there and blow people away. And and again, there's something that uh, is a little bit concerning about him because he has a 12, almost 13% walk rate in the minor leagues right now, but he has a 43% strikeout rate. I mean, that's those are some good numbers. I'm I'm looking forward to these four guys because this is what we said. And, and if you aren't on social media, the response from Mariners fandom was very. One, it was very 50-50. There, there was a lot of people that are just like, man, we are excited about our rotation. We're ready for the playoffs. And there was a lot of Mariners fans that were mad about this trade and said, oh my gosh, they overpaid and got killed. And you know what? That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see the fans of the team that get Luis Castillo a little bit mad about the trade that they made. And that's what we get with this trade. I, I love it. And Nick Crawl has done a phenomenal job. You, you said it. A week ago, and I've latched on to this statement that you made because I thought it was it was absolutely perfect in, in what we wanted to see. You said, whatever team takes Luis Castillo, it should hurt. Mm-hmm. We got two of their top three prospects in this deal, plus two additional players. Let that, let that sink in for just a minute. Two of their top three, depending on which of the ranking services you look at, yeah. plus two more in the top 40. That's not an amazing to, return. Yeah. And, and, and not to mention the two guys in the top three of the Mariners system are both ranked in the top 50, whether you're looking at MLB Pipeline or Baseball America. So that, I mean, it just, it, it, it's a total win. And, and you said it off air too, is that Nick Crawl did something else with this trade that probably was a, it probably wasn't necessarily a strategy at the time, but this works out perfectly to the Reds' advantage. Oh, it absolutely does. Because they traded Luis Castillo to the Seattle Mariners, they didn't trade him to the Yankees. They didn't trade him to the Dodgers. Those two clubs with their $200 million payrolls are hurting for starting pitching. Nick Crawl just completely doubled the value of Tyler Malley on the trade market because Tyler Malley's probably one of the top two remaining starters available. And you have to think that both the Dodgers and the Yankees front offices are now scrambling, trying to figure out what they're going to do to bring in an arm for a postseason run. So I think there is another shoe that's going to drop here in Cincinnati. And that's the trade of Tyler Malley. That's going to bring in another haul, a haul that they might not have necessarily gotten had they traded Malley first. So I am, I am and or had they traded Castillo to the Yankees or the Dodgers. So I think, there is one more big emergency podcast coming folks that you're going to want to listen to because I think there is another hall coming in and we're going to be completely jazzed talking about what Nick crawl has done. And listen, I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm a little upset having to sing this man's praises today. And it does <laughs> not mean that all is forgiven. It does not mean right. that Bob is off the hook and that Phil is off the hook. But what it means is there is legitimate 
excitement that you can latch onto because they are delivering on what they said. They're actually, my God, the Reds front office is doing what it said it was going to do, which is pick a new course, chart a new direction, and follow through on it. And they are absolutely doing it, and they're winning. They are, and, and we said it. This is a huge test, and in some ways probably should have been the final test for Nick Crawl. And right now he's passing it. So I, I have loved what I've seen from him. He still has some more work to do, but the work that he has done so far has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and- I gave him a D. I gave him a D yesterday, Jeff, when mm-hmm. we did our bonus episode. I gave him a That's D cool. up That's from an up. F. He's at a B. I'm, listen, he's at a B right now. I'm going to give yeah. him a B. And I'll tell you this right now, Jeff. If he manages to flip Tyler Malley for uh, another trade package that has the baseball world saying – the Reds win in this deal. He could get an A for what he's done this season. He, he has taken a beating and in many cases, rightfully so with the moves that he's made and the roster that he has constructed. But, but right now he seems to be in his element. If we get and this is getting a little bit granular, but if we get a trade where Mally goes to the Dodgers and Andy Pahez comes back, or if Tyler Mally goes to the Yankees and we get like Oswaldo Peraza coming back, oh baby. Oh baby. I am looking forward to it. The trade deadline is Tuesday at 6 p.m. We are going to have all of your Reds coverage up until then, as we have emergency podcasts coming for whenever trades are coming down. We told you trades were coming and trades have been happening. There's more to come. Trust me, they're not done yet. So make sure that you're following us right here on the Locked On Reds podcast, where we are Locked On Reds every single day because we're your team. Every single day, Steve, I'm excited. Oh, Jeff, I am so pumped. If, if you're listening to us right now and you haven't clicked those subscribe buttons, click them. We're going to be in your feed. We're back in Monday with our regular episode. We'll break down what the impacts of these deals are as the Reds move forward and who you might get to see on the Reds active roster that has been absent for a while. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of that. We will be locked on Reds every single day moving forward. We have you covered. We'll talk to you Monday.